Literature and Psychology by Dr. Saideh Malik Afzali, Dr. Daniel Rockers, and Dr. Alex Andrade from Tabana Organization. Tabana is a non-profit mental health organization organized in Sacramento, California. Tabana seeks to help individuals and families to strengthen their capabilities and to thrive. Aired on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 1 o'clock weekly. A very warm hello to our Radio Bamdad listeners. I'm sitting with my colleagues and friends, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. Uh, today, we want to talk about the relationship with money. And we started off uh, recording uh, talking about um, how the credit card companies, uh, they just don't know, they're not you to check everything, they just pay. But then some of the organizations that uh, without you knowing, they take money off your credit card because your credit card is attached to Apple, to Google, to so many things on your iPhone. And without you knowing, sometimes money is taken out. And for some reason, you may have clicked on, on a box or something when you were purchasing something, when you were listening to something without even realizing what you have done. Um, all of a sudden, you realize that for months, the money is taking out of your money. And today, we were discussing about that, that how frustrating for some people is. And Dr. Andrade was saying that sometimes with his patients, he talks about uh, relationship with money. So I want to open this conversation with Dr. Andrade and Dr. Rockers today. Thank you. I'm glad we're talking about this because this is something where I think in our society as a whole, it's really taboo to talk about money. One way to stop a conversation is ask somebody, how much money do you make each year? Or how much money do you make an hour? You know, you could probably talk about how many sexual partners have you had and not get the same response as how much money do you make each year? Which really tells us that that relationship is really coveted and really something that feels like, well, I can't talk to anybody about that. And I find when we can't talk to anybody about something, we are not sure if we're going about it in the best way or the healthiest way. And so even this idea of like, what subscriptions do we have? How do we manage our bank accounts? How many credit cards do you have? How do you pay off your credit cards? Are you paying just the monthly minimum? Are you paying enough uh, in a way that you're not accruing all this interest? And so there's so many pieces of this that I think we can go into. But yeah, as you mentioned, even starting with the idea of these uh, kind of unexpected costs, such as these, you know, subscriptions we'll have for Netflix or Amazon or Hulu or all these other things that bill monthly that we sometimes don't even, you know, remember that we we checked. And so uh, I feel like that nowadays is a very common theme uh, uh, to have these uh, auto auto pay, um, you know, yeah. uh, entertainment uh, subscriptions, but then not even realizing maybe how much we're actually spending on that. Uh, do you guys have a lot of those auto pay uh, kind of subscriptions or things? Or do you try to minimize that? Have you cut back? What is that for you guys? I do a lot with Apple, with iCloud, with, um, with iTunes. You know, I have subscription with that. Um, but 
uh, one thing that I didn't know when you are a prime member, which one of those auto pay is prime being prime member with Amazon, uh, you automatically have audible. And I didn't know that. So somehow audible was taking money annually from my account, which I didn't know about. And all of a sudden, I noticed that there's a money going monthly, but then I guess they took it all at once. Like it was um, $149, And I was just thinking, what is this amount? I usually don't pay too much attention to details as long as I get an email or text that this much money was taken off your credit card. I usually know what it is as soon as they send the message. Immediately when they take the money, the text or email comes. But um I, uh, this was like taken long ago, $149. And I kept thinking, what is this? And then um, sure enough, it was Audible. I didn't even know I had Audible. So um, I called the company and they said, yeah, you have subscribed for Audible. And then I said, isn't Audible part of uh, Prime? Because I had heard somewhere and they said, yes, it is. So I said, I'm paying for Prime. So automatically I should have Audible. But the good thing is Amazon immediately they return the money. But some organizations, it's very difficult. I've ran into other companies. So this made me go through other subscriptions. And I didn't know that if I go to my um, to my system set up and check uh, the system, I probably can see how many subscriptions I have. Oh my God, when I went to my (laughs) setting, honestly, it was at least without exception, 11, 12 subscriptions that I one by one canceled. And then I called my credit company, I said, how this has happened, I didn't even know. And how it had missed by me not noticing this, I don't know. Because I every time I thought, you know, when um, they take the money, immediately they text or they um, send a message. But probably with subscription, they don't because it's automatic. I don't know how I just ended up going to my setting and then I realized I had 11, 12 subscriptions that they were probably taking money. So it's it's important to really, it was eye-opening for me to go to my setting and check how many subscriptions I have. I don't even know how that has happened. Probably I had clicked a box when I was going to that site. I don't know. You know, yeah. but one of them, which was uh, after $149, was the next amount was $68 with a company. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what they are. I went online to search for them. I called the credit company to ask them for information. They said they usually don't give information to customers for safety issues, for security issues. But that was my weekend. So I'm yeah. glad we're talking about this to our listeners. So it's eye opening for watching their credit card, their bank account, notice what subscriptions you have, notice how much money is taking off your account. Be mindful. Yeah. So I can ask you, I'm going to sound like a therapist for a minute. I, I can deduce 
some of the feelings that you maybe feel having gone through that. But I'm curious too, like, even as I just mentioned, like, what's it like to share this with us and even with listeners? Because I, I feel like sometimes there's some uh, emotions that come with that. And I, I point that out because we end up, that ends up affirming this belief that this is, you know, we can't talk about money because we have those feelings, even though Daniel and I are listening attentively, you know, where I'm able to empathize with you because of what's going on. But, but just before we even share more of that, like, what's it feel like to share this with us? Um, first of all, in our culture, it's not that bad to talk about money. Okay. Okay. That's, that's a good thing then. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I guess that's why I'm open to talking about it, mm. but uh, no, seriously, it was, uh, it wasn't a huge money to worry. It's like, mm. it was, it was just maximum couple of hundred dollars or, yeah. or a little more. So you just may say, okay, that was my mistake from now on. I watched it. It was a good lesson, but no, it's it, the emotion. Of course, I was angry how these companies can take money from you without even sending a message to say you are a subscriber of our company now. Welcome to our subscription. So then you go, oh, my gosh, what did I do? I don't want to be your subscriber. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that went to my mind that how these companies easily um, you know, use your uh, innocence, use yeah, kind your of deceived, yeah, kind of deceived, and yeah, use, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was my feeling, and that mm. was my sense. I think that it's important to keep in mind Amazon marketing and other mark other things like that, but especially Amazon. And I'm not running them down. I'm actually saying their marketing is brilliant. They probably have spent a lot of time and money and energy figuring out the way to make it easy for people to buy things. It's so easy. You know, that one click ordering and the way that you can save your credit card and things like that makes it very easy. It's very, 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 very handy to do that stuff. And in some ways, I suspect it is a little too easy <laughs> they're doing what they do well, and they do it really well. The difficulty then is human nature. We tend to get in that mode. Oh, you need it here. You can buy it right now. Just one click. I mean, it, that is how much really, how much physical energy does it take? I don't have to get in the car. I don't have to go to the store. I can sit in one place and just move my hand a little bit and push on my finger and boom, I'm getting stuff delivered to my door. There's a lot of power in that. It's Absolutely, just, it's, yeah. It's so, so easy. You get that gratifying little ding too, and your phone vibrates and you get an email, you know, it's on the way, you know, and all those things that reinforce this idea reinforce. like, oh, you did something good. Like, can't wait till you, you know, get that reward uh, that you, you know, you, you went through all these steps, you did such a good thing. It's like, oh, let me do that again. <laughs> it's very true. Hey, here's a question then um, for you, Side A. You mentioned the cultural, I assume, differences. What, in what way do you see difference in the culture you're speaking of with the uh, Western American and, culture? Like, in what ways are they different? Is it 
a noticeable uh, difference for you in terms of talking so about So obviously money? you don't ask people how much money they make, but it's easy, for example, to say, oh, this happened to me like what we are talking about, or I put so much money on my credit card, I, I had a hard time to pay back, or, you know, I was in this situation, I had to use that much money, and then I had to pay off the difficulty to paying off my credit card. I mean, this type of stuff, it's at least I feel it's easy, because uh, among women, we talk about this, I don't know, men, probably not as much, you know, but with women, we're easy to talk about these kind of things. Um, so it's a little different. It's not very similar because I know here you don't talk about politics. You don't talk about money. Um, what else you don't talk about? Uh, your religion. personal life, religion. Yeah. So religion, political stand and money you don't talk here as as long as I know. But I guess after living here for so long and people I associate with, whether they're Americans or, or uh, Persians, um, they, you all get what you need to do when you're uh, interacting or involved in societies. Uh, so you learn your lesson. So it becomes sort of habit of yours too. So even though I'm just saying Persians are not um, as much hesitant to ask questions about money, political issues or religion, but I guess you just also learn that and it becomes part of you with um, other people as well. Um, so with that, uh, we got to our first break. If you guys don't have anything um, really heated that you may forget and you don't want to, uh, you want to talk about it, we go to break, we come back and we continue our conversation. من به همراه دو تن از همکارانم دکتر راکرز و دکتر اندرادی امروز در خدمتون هستیم من سعیده ملک افزالی هستم روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از رادیو بامداد صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین اگر تازه رادیاتون رو باز کردین و صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین ما ساعت دوازت هایی که بعد از برنامه روانشناسی و فرهنگی داریم به زبان انگلیسی و امیدوارم اگر که کسانی هستم فکر میکنین از برنامه ما استفاده میکنن دعوتشون کنین که به برنامه ما توجه کنن ما پادکست های زیادی در رادیو بامداد داریم شاید بیش از 170 پادکست به زبان انگلیسی تا کنون تحت تاپیک های مختلف میتونین ما رو under culture and psychology از رادیو بامداد دنبال کنیم برمیگردیم و دنبال صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این بار کمی بهتر نوشت آشقی را غرق در باور نوشت قصه ها را از کجا این باور آمد که گفت گر رود سر بر نگردد سر نمید 
Dr. Andrade. We um, are continue our conversation about um, how do we deal with money? money. I think uh, I think we got a little cut off there at the beginning, but yeah. So in regards to talking about money, uh, you touch on an important first point too. Just some of these maybe takeaways that uh, we can kind of emphasize with listeners. Checking your accounts. Uh, you know, I check my bank account at least once or twice a day. And I guess the question I always wonder, like, am I checking it too often? There'll be days I forget, but it's kind of a routine for me to kind of check my account and just kind of peruse kind of like recent charges just to be like, okay, yeah, those things make sense. Uh, so that way there's nothing that kind of catches me off guard or surprises me. Uh, and again, it's going to be one of these things that sounds simple enough, but yeah, I guess I wonder how many people do that. Um, so what do you guys think? Do I check it too often? Is once a day too often? Should I be checking it once a week? Um, what do you guys Alex, do? Are you, are you asking if I think you're OCD? <laughs> I'm asking if you think I got a lot of problems, Daniel. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> and if that just adds to my problems, okay. a, All a right. pile that exists. You know, I have, I am I have been of two minds on that question. I love that question, and I had a client of mine talk about checking accounts at least every day, and maybe more than once a day, like what you're saying. And when they first brought it up, and this was some years ago, I thought that wow, how do you have even even have time to do that? Which is probably people's first response on that. Although, and I don't, I'm not saying what is every, but how everybody does it. But that was my first reaction. It's like, oh my God, how do you have time to do that? But then I began to get into the habit of doing that. And I don't, my personal take and professional take is I don't think it's too often. The way that things are going with everything is online nowadays. And it's so handy to be online. And there is the danger of people hacking accounts we yeah. you know you hear about this all the time people's credit cards get hacked or whatever your bank account could get hacked identity theft things like that so i don't think it's too often i think it's a very good approach and as far as the oh my god how do you have time we work it in and you begin to learn how to do it and it is becomes pretty efficient if it's something you want to do and you do it regularly you can get it done pretty easily this is what I've come to believe this about really just about anything. You know, a lot of, just as an example, a lot of times when we go to conferences, I always used to take notes on a notepad and then I'd end up with a stack of these pages that I don't know what to, what do I do with them and end up throwing them away at some point, hopefully. But one of my clients had this like the most organized person that I know and brings like typed notes to her sessions and just wonderful. She was great, great client because she's always so prepared. And I said, oh my God, how do you do that? And she says, oh no, it's fine. It just takes a minute. And it's not in the current vernacular of it's been a minute type of a thinking, which means a long time. Sure. But she really meant it just takes a few moments because she just became so efficient with it. So the same concept I think applies to checking bank accounts or just motivationally, anything you want to really do, mm -hmm. you can get very efficient and quick at knocking out a few things. So that's a long answer, Alex, to your no, I like it. question. I don't think it's OCD. I may have thought it was OCD at one point in my career, but not anymore. I'm on your side, Alex. I'm, I'm for you. 
It's all I ever want, Daniel. Just to right. be on my side. Yeah. <laughs> and I think too, to your point, if we check it a little more regularly, it's fresher in our mind, the things that we're buying. And so it teaches us to be even more attentive because I find if you're just swiping your card, and again, this is something I'm going to ask you guys too, in a few minutes about cash versus debit card. If you're just swiping your card, it, it, it's not real money anymore. It's it's not numbers right. in that way. It's something that, oh, at the end of the week, you're like, oh, how did I spend that much? But you're not really being attentive to that that habit or that that uh, behavior of spending in that way. So you're not always spending the best maybe as well. Your point, uh, Dan, regarding everything online, everything could be, um, you know, a fraud easily could happen. Even the banks and even um, the um, telephone companies, at least for me, even though I don't have two-way authentication, which most of the time you can set it up, every single time I want to check my credit card, my bank account, my um, phone company, they always text me with a code. I didn't check and I didn't ask for um, a second uh, authentication or two-way authentication, but they often ask because if they do it, it seems that even though with all the security system that they have set up for, so they're afraid that your identity may be stolen within a second. That's why they send you a code um, to your text or they email you, you know, because easily somebody else could have checked your account. So true. So I want to back to you, Alex, when you said twice a day, I think it's minimum that you can do seriously one in the morning and one at night. So at least you're aware of what's happening before when none of this was available. I remember you had to wait for your bank statement to go through check mark. Remember those days? Now it's within a second you have your information in your hand and you can check. Yeah, you just log on to the app. It takes a few seconds, probably less time than you spend on social media. So it's just like, take the two seconds, check your accounts, you know, the most recent purchases. Okay, you can scroll through that. Oh, that looks okay. All right. Yeah. And that way too, you can you can catch, you know, and again, maybe not uh, each time you check, but eventually, hey, what's that charge for? I don't know what that is. And yeah. kind of leads you to investigate and be a little bit more aware. And then you are also forgetful um, what you did with the money. It's like, oh, well, what is this seventy six dollars? I can't remember. It <laughs> might be another problem. Yeah. yeah. I think another thing to do along those lines is get a password manager. Like I use that one pass password manager, mm-hmm. and what that means is that then you use that thing to sign in to all of your different bank accounts. And you only have to remember the one oh, nice. make it a password to get into the one pass thing. Hmm. But it will generate passwords when you log on to websites. And they are like these complex, secure passwords, rather than the lame things like I make up. <laughs> Which you know, don't so- even say it, Daniel, because you'll be giving away <laughs> your uh, password. You know, well, it's not like password one two three four, right? Uh- <laughs> so basically, Dan, you have yeah. a master key to open to your safe, right? Right. That's exactly it. That's exactly. That's nice. That's and very so what nice. what that means is then it makes logging onto your bank accounts really simple because once you open up your 
OnePass password manager, you can log on to this bank account, that bank account, this credit card account, just in rapid succession. I mean, in just a, a couple of minutes, really, you can check all those accounts. You're in, you're out, you look, you're done. So when it comes to security part of it, is there more secure than when you generally um, sign into your bank account without the master key? Is it a security over security or what is it? Well, the one pass offers a lot of password security because it will, if you use it, it will generate these complex passwords. Oh, I see. Because what most of us do, we might use the same password for yeah. all our bank accounts. And that means if somebody else gets a hold of your password, then they can get into a lot of your accounts. Yeah. So that's the, the value of that. And it can generate a unique, complex password for each different account. Mm. So you're not reusing passwords and it alerts you if you're reusing. That's interesting. And then every time they generate a, a very unique password when you open or. No, you, you keep that password. It, but when you when you create the password, it makes one that's fairly complex and unique. And then that's the one that it always uses. Like say you have a Bank of America account. Right. So it generated a password for that. And then every time you use the one pass, it will use that same password. That is mode. very interesting. Do you pay for that company, the key, the master key or no? Of course, of oh, course, okay. it's a subscription yeah. thing, but yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. very much. I think it's like 30 bucks a year. Oh, okay. Just buy it once a year. Okay, very good. Um, the other thing I was going to say, when you ask about differences in culture regarding money or political uh, stand or um, religion, can you explain how financial issue that I know is pretty much no-no in this culture, can you explain for our listeners who are not too familiar with this part of the culture from an American point of view, what is uh, what is this part of the culture that it's very, very important for everyone to know it if they're living here? Well, I think of it. Yeah, Daniel, you can start. Yeah, I can jump in too. Yeah, you've already said some things, Alex, and I'm interested more in yours because I don't know how much is the view I've got from the family I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And how much is the standard westernized view? That's why I ask you that question, Saides. As a newcomer into the culture, you probably can perceive, it sounds like you do perceive that there are differences. And I was wondering what those are. I agree with what Alex said. It's kind of like you don't ask people how much they make and you don't say how much you made last year. I, where I grew up is it was pretty rude even just to ask, well, how much did that car cost or how much does something cost that you bought? It just, we just did not do it. I know that's it's a difference for lots of different people. And then like Jan, I've talked about Jan before and hers is a lot different. The family she's in just a lot different. In what way? I mean, so, cause some people I find will just kind of share some of that with family and they're very they, open and they're very transparent about it. Yeah. They, yeah. That's my impression is they just, they talk about that and it's yeah. stuff that I, for me, I'm like, oh my God, no, I don't. I don't really want to talk about that. You know, in the family that I grew up in too, and this is like extended family, you know, my parents' parents, that is out into that umbrella. It was 
if somebody was doing well, they would get chided for it. Like, oh, must be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't live too high mm-hmm. on things. Also, keep in mind where I came from was eastern rural Kansas. And it's this is not like the wealth mecca of the world. Yeah. It's, I want, it's, I want, farming. it's yeah. farming community. So it's not lots of money. I wonder on the other side of that, like you said, you get chided if you're too high. I find it tends to be uh, the similarly, if you're too low, you people will comment and criticize. Uh, did you find that to be true or not? So because we can't win either way, if we make too much, uh, you know, then people criticize. If we're struggling, people criticize. It's like there's there's not a balance. Nobody ever says, you know what, they're doing okay. They're right where they need to be. No, there's always some perception that. Oh, look, you know, they're looking how they, you know, live and how they spend or, oh, look, they're struggling, you know, they're not responsible or they're, you know, making bad choices, things like that. I think the irresponsible part. Yeah, people would look at that. um, But if somebody's legitimately struggling and not because of irresponsibility, Mm -hmm. then it wasn't there was I didn't get the sense that it was criticized. I think that if there's some extravagant spending and then you're not doing well, then, well, I probably should have thought ahead on that one. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, well, I was going to say similar, those are things that I see too, where there's, you know, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of secrecy or privacy, if you will, too, about, you know, you can't talk about those things. And so what happens is I see people get, in financial hardships or financial stress, as well as even just needing financial information and and feeling insecure about even being able to ask for that help. And I often think, you know, if we can't talk to our network about some of those things that we're struggling with, how are we going to be brave enough to go and talk to a banker or, you know, even try to talk to somebody who's an expert in these things? Instead, we just kind of put our head in the sand sometimes. And we say, well, I'll just, I'll get through it or I'll figure it out. Uh, I've heard at times where sometimes even within relationships, there'll be one person handling the finances and the other person won't even be informed about what the, the finances are. And it's not until maybe a divorce or a major health issue or that person is needing, yeah, death, needing to figure out like what was going on. Why didn't they tell us? Why didn't they ask for help? Why didn't they share these things? And it can be something that could be devastating to a person. Yeah. I had a client. One of the, oh, go ahead. Well, just, uh, it was a similar story where a client and the, the husband had died and uh, suddenly then the wife finally discovers we didn't have the money we thought I, that she understood them to have. And it wow. kept secret as a mess. Yeah. Well, uh, same thing. I had a client that um, after close to 30 years, all of a sudden she realized that they're up to here with debt. And she didn't even know any of those things, the investments, all the money had gone into different stuff. And then she filed for divorce. And then the husband was begging to come back. But then she was just saying, you were not sharing with me what was going on. And then I think something happened that she realized all these credit cards were on both names. And she um, actually was... um, into a lot of trouble financially herself because of her husband. So they got divorced. And, you know, a lot of people were just um, 
coming along to say, hey, you know, it's okay. Uh, he probably wanted to recover without you being involved, getting angry. And she goes, no, that is not right. So yeah. she actually got divorced. So it is important. And maybe a good thing to share with our listeners is, um, you know, sharing always within the most important person in your life um, is important because when you're at the beginning of even getting into something, maybe it would be the best to just say, hey, I made a mistake. I did this. I didn't know that. I actually had a very young, uh, newly married client. Similar thing happened and they're still together. They're working in their marriage, but the husband made an investment with all their savings that they had put together. And then thinking within a year, this is going to double. And then he's going to make his wife very happy to say, I use the investment, I use the saving, and now look where we are. And the money was gone within a few months. And uh, he finally had to come and admit what has happened. He was working double job to recover and he had promised he's gonna bring the money back within a year that in his head, he was thinking he's gonna double the money, but at least he promised to his wife and he was working Saturdays, Sundays. They were coming to counseling because of this. And the wife was saying, I can never trust this guy took the saving without my permission. It was part of my money. It was part of our both money to invest for buying a house. And then, and you know, sometimes people do stupid stuff. He, in his mind, was thinking he can double the money within a year. And then what happened was he lost all the money. But he was he really wanted to get back to his wife. He really wanted to make up for the mistake he made. He had promised and he was working two jobs. And then he was working on Saturdays and Sundays. And um, very soon he was building the money that uh, he was uh, he lost. But uh, I mean, they're still working on their marriage because the wife all of a sudden lost the trust. So and, and it's very you, important. Yeah. That could have been all avoided by, you know, saying, hey, honey, there's this great, you know, investment opportunity. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And she might have been like, you know what, let's, yeah. let's invest 5,000 and let's see how it works. You know, let's, then, you know, you can make a decision, you know, versus like, oh, let me gamble all of our savings away. And yeah, the, what the, that, what that does, the foundation of a relationship. Yeah. Those things are, those things are tough. I mean, money, it, it goes to the idea money represents for a lot of people, security, stability, um, just peace of mind to know, okay, we have this in our account. You know, I, you know, we, we communicate in this way about our money, you know, where we share things in our life and to find that that happened, a person can feel like, I don't even know who you are. Like, I can't even trust you. Uh, It can undermine so much more than just like, okay, well, yeah, we got to start working on our accounts again. No, it's just like now the foundation of the relationship is in question. Yeah. 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 
All right, so we got to our second break. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من به همراه دکتر دانیل راکرز و دکتر الکساندرادی امروز در خدمتتون هستیم. من سعیده ملک افزلی هستم. روزای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت 12 تا یک بعد از ظهر ما در برنامه فرهنگ و روانشناسی Culture and Psychology صحبت های روانشناسی و فرهنگی داریم اگر تازه رادیوتون رو باز کردین و صدای ما رو میشنوین خواهش میکنم کسانی که علاقمند هستن به برنامه ما به زبان انگلیسی توجه کنن ازشون دعوت کنین برنامه ما رو گوش بدن همینطور ما پادکست های زیادی داریم که میتونین از طریق آیتون گوگل یا رادیو بامداد روی تاپیک های مختلف کلیک کنین و در زمان های مناسب صحبت های ما رو گوش بدین ما برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandradi, if you just turn on your radio and you are just listening to us, the first two parts of our conversation, we were talking about relationship with money. We talked about credit card companies. We talked about the subscribers um, and the subscription and how you end up being subscribed with uh, different companies that you don't even know. So we talked about how you have to be careful checking your account, how you have to be careful, especially for people who go online a lot 
and they click on different things, um, all of a sudden you're subscribed and without knowing you're getting paid uh, for something that you don't even know what they are. So uh, in continuation, we were talking about cultural piece of this financial uh, uh, information and financial uh, secrecy in different cultures, but also um, in families, sometimes they don't even talk about finance. Uh, I want to say um, for the most Persian families, the family is the only probably place that you share anything. So um, with your family, as far as I know still may be different um, family members, especially when each they get married, they have their own families, then all of a sudden they're separated from the family. But as far as I know, uh, it's okay to ask questions. At least in my family, finance is very open. Uh, we can talk about it. Uh, we can get help. We can ask questions. Um, we are very comfortable talking about our financial and very easily we ask questions. If somebody buys a car, go, oh, how much did you pay for the car? Or, or different things. It's very easy to converse about that. And even among very close friends, I guess it's sometimes okay. You know, as long as you're close and you know um, each other for so long and, and sometimes you ask questions, in general, it's not very polite to ask about how much you spend among other people, except maybe your family. But some people bluntly ask and you don't get upset or you don't get, um, you know, uh, people who don't want to say, usually say, I don't know how much I paid for it. <laughs> but but there are people who ask. I, I actually, it's funny because there's someone that we associate with and it's okay for them to ask. And um, you either, you're open to share or you can say, I'm not sure or I don't know, but there are people who who ask, and depending on, as you said, the different cultural pieces in um, general culture. Um, but one thing I know, most people who lived here for so long, they have learned not to do that, you know. But there are people who just newly come, they don't know the culture, they haven't been um, associated with other Americans to know the culture or haven't been in the society for so long to know. Um, they may question your fate. They may question, um, you know, um, your finance. So they don't know. And then even um, different places in the country, they have different cultures, as Dan said. You know, they're places that they're very open. You know, people get into each other's businesses, you know. So we don't know exactly um, the general. I mean, in American culture, you know, generally you don't, question three things finance political stance and religion but in different um, parts of iran i don't think um, it's that bad you know here's a question got the question for you do you think we can this is a question of trust is it about trust is this an issue why do we why we don't talk about money is it because we don't trust no i think it's a, a re, the reason i think we don't talk about money is because in our society i think as a whole uh, there's an emphasis on our value based on our profession 
uh, how much, uh, you know, appearances in that way. And if we were to share how much we actually make things like credit, which again, uh, like you said earlier with, you know, Amazon, the marketing, you know, the credit is meant to allow us sometimes a lifestyle that we actually can't afford. So it can create this image of who we want to be and who we are. And so if we were to actually share how much we make, then that can probably be, you know, dispelled in a way where it's like, no, this is actually the lifestyle you could be living and you're living outside of your means. And so you're not actually quote unquote succeeding in life. And I think that's one of the issues or problems where it's like, okay, if our value is based on our job or how much money we have, we're maybe not really focusing in the best areas of, you know, what's important in our life in that way. Uh, Cause we know, I mean, there's a, I believe last time I checked the rate of return, as far as life satisfaction and income, I think it was about 78,000. They said after $78,000, you're not much happier than somebody who makes a hundred thousand or 200,000. Obviously, money is a real thing. If you're, you know, barely scraping by, yes, it's going to impact your level of happiness. But they find, you know, you're not having to be a billionaire in order to be happy in life. There is a certain level of comfort and stability, I think, that is important and is necessary to feel okay, to feel secure. But yeah, I think it's the the, the focus is on appearances and our, our perceived value as a person versus it being related to trust. Alex, are you saying that if I made a million dollars this year, I wouldn't be a lot happier? That's hard for me to believe. I think I'd be pretty darn happy. Well, let me make you unhappy by telling you this. The, the government's <laughs> no. going to take half of that probably <laughs> right off the bat. So yeah, well, you can make a million, Daniel, okay. but let's let's start dividing it up. All okay, right. Let's, okay. Let's just do it a different way. <laughs> okay. Okay. What if I made enough money that I just was able to take home or not, or after taxes would be a million dollars? Are you saying I would not be happier? Well, what I've found in the work that I've done, I mean, I've worked with people who are barely making anything, you know, rubbing two pennies together, I think is the phrase, as well as even people who were millionaires. And what I found is that, you know, I initially thinking, because I come from a blue collar family, my parents have always worked, I've always been encouraged to work. Uh, you know, working is life. You have to work in order to live. And I've found that people who were millionaires, they didn't have that many different problems than people who were making, you know, 50,000 a year, 60,000 a year. Sometimes they even had more problems because of it. They even had a lack of trust. It felt like people wanted them for their money or their relationships were just because what they could provide to others. And so it was something where I found, because I would think, oh, if I had millions of dollars, I'd be so happy and everything would be great. Um, again, we do need a certain level of financial stability, but I think you know, money is not the only thing that leads to happiness. A lot of times, it's relationships, our connection with ourselves, uh, what we do in you know with friends, family, how we give to the community. All of those things I think contribute to happiness just as much, uh, probably if not more, I would say than than money with this idea of millionaires and being rich. Now, don't get me wrong. I play the lottery every now and then because I'm like, okay, if I was a millionaire, I'd do this. But you know what? It's already spent. I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy my parents a house. I want to buy me a house. Okay. You know, I'm going to buy Daniel and Side A nice studios if they record their podcast all they want. But by then, I mean, a million dollars probably isn't going to go that far. So, I mean, it's, it's already spent. And then I'm having to pay the taxes on it too. 
oh man, see, I'm probably in more, uh, more financial stress after winning the lottery than before. <laughs> so yeah, that that's my answer there with that. Uh, unfortunately, Daniel, I'm, you know, if you do get a million, I'll, I'll help you spend it. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I, I don't think it's going to really change uh, uh, too much, unfortunately. My understanding is that there used to be a, it was either a TV show or a radio show where this person would give people a million dollars and then track to see how it ruined their life. Yeah. Like this um, is real. It's a real. Yeah, no, that's true. That oh, wow. is absolutely true that I know many of these people that they bought, they um, win and they have millions of dollars. Uh, first of all, they don't know how to spend it. And second, they're um, they're very unhappy for several different reasons. But one thing I want to say, I want to agree with uh, Alex, because I feel like at certain point, if you make more than, um, you know, what whatever you said, like the... Um, as much as you live without having debt, as long as you live having, uh, you know, a normal life without a struggling. Um, and we we're talking about sort of in the middle, like you said, uh, whatever it's the norm. I remember uh, 30 some years, uh, I remember clearly that there was uh, statistics of what is uh what is a normal living here with four people in the family? And it was like uh, 4,000 a month, something like that. And now you said Alex is like 80,000 a year, something like that, right? Similar. Well, that's, so that's the double. number. Yeah, that, well, no, no, that's the number where they find the, the level of happiness doesn't change anymore, really. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. above mm -hmm. that. So yeah. maybe that's pretty much, you know, a very normal, um, um, income. But in general, I don't know how much more than what you may um, need without having debt, without struggling can make you happier. Because um, I, this is my honest opinion. I feel like happiness is nothing to do with the amount of money you make. It's so many other factors that can make you happy or unhappy. Yes, when you have good money in your saving, a sort of security to have. But first of all, I'm not sure if you have the guts to even spend it because you may always be afraid of losing it and then don't have any money. So you have it there for one day to use it if needed. If you're the type that you can really think about, okay, this many years ahead, I'm going to be living. So I want to live this way. So I'm going to spend this much money every year more. And then you change your lifestyle, go on more trips, go see the world. Part of the happiness may be that, but it's not going to make you completely happier or not. In one part, yes, you're traveling, maybe you see the world, but even that, I'm not sure to make you happier. Uh, I often feel like um, happiness is completely within and you may just be living in a very minimal uh, way, but uh, you're happy. Actually, there's a saying about in our culture that the king was passing by a place that a bunch of workers were just eating piece of bread with cheese and some fruits. And then he stopped and he started 
looking at them, they were dancing, they were putting music on, they were eating the bread and cheese, and they were so happy. And the king told um, the people around him that um, I wish I lived as happy as they are. So it's a saying, you know, the king had everything he wanted, but was envying the happiness that these people that were pretty much poor. Um, so that's my story. Real quick, I looked the uh, average median uh, income. Uh, the most recent data was in 2020, and it was about sixty-seven, sixty-eight thousand dollars. And so uh, again, saying that's you know the average in that way, uh, but yeah, which is well below uh, the uh, amount that I mentioned, uh, the seventy-eight thousand. But to your point too, it doesn't always mean that that dictates you know happiness and well-being and things like that. So it's I think it's what you do, not just with your money, but it's what you do with your time, what you do with you know others in that way. Yeah, Daniel, I was curious. I was gonna. I was wondering Daniel's response to his own question in regards to if you feel like it's related to trust or something else. I think it is related to trust, actually. And something we were talking about earlier sent me in that direction. But I think it's trust. We want to, you know, viewed in one lens, it can be cultural thing. Viewed in another lens, it can be an issue of trust. In that, I don't know if I can. I don't open up to somebody about something if I can't trust they may keep it contained, or they may not respect it, or they might treat me differently. Can I trust them with it? If you think, for me, if I think about people I would open up to about money, those things are all involved in that. So, and again, maybe that's the, that is a cultural thing. And then it shows up as a trust issue for me or for other people. So I think there's an element of it in there. I was interested in what everybody else's thoughts were. I guess one of the things too, I know that uh, if you're a state employee for the state of California, uh, your income is posted online. You can look up any um, rank uh, that a person has and see how much their income is, their range as well. Yeah. Uh, and so it's one of those things where we can easily, if you say you're a AGPA or if you're an office assistant, we can go online and figure out how much you make. Uh, it's interesting though, too, because even though, and I know a bunch of state workers, even though we know how much they make, even if you were to ask them how much money do you make, they would still have the same response of like, <laughs> why are you asking me that? Like, what's... But if you asked, oh, what's your job? What rank are you at? And then you got on your phone and Googled something real quick. You'd be like, oh, oh okay. You know, they'd be like, what, what, what are you, what are you looking at? What's uh... <laughs> it's like, wait, I can know, but it's, it's that, it's that ingrained in us. Even if that information is out there. Yeah, to that point, it still probably feels like something you can't share and, and trust somebody with. I was going to tell you something. I remember it was a couple of years ago, I was listening to NPR, and they were saying that 38%, 38% is a big number of couples, they don't share their exact finance with each other. And they uh, 38%, and it was just wow. a couple of years ago that they hide money from each other. And um, it's, it's interesting because I was just thinking in old days, um, previous generation, mostly women were not working, were taking care of children, and only men were working in most families. And I remember women don't even check or don't even really ask um, their husband how much they make uh, as long as they provided them with um, 
you know, whatever lifestyle they had um, and they knew of. So men were in charge and they were whatever they were doing to make the money, women were not asking, you know, and, um, and they, they just sometimes ask, you know, what they want. And it's funny that most men, as a joke, they say, don't ever open up to your wife how much money you make, because they have exactly how much they can spend to take all the money from, um, from the <laughs> saving. So it's funny that this was part of the culture. And even today, uh, women who, who are not working, sometimes they don't know how much, you know, it's coming from or, or where is their money. But as long as they have a good life, and their husband has a good um, profession, um, making money, they don't they don't care as much, you know, they don't even ask. So uh, it just all depends. Uh, with that, I want to say um, we have a short time left. And if you have a final statement, we still have a little time for that. I'll jump in there first. Uh, yeah, I would say what we mentioned earlier, you know, check your accounts, uh, start to increase your, your education about money. A lot of times I find a lot of uh, banks, even through the apps, have a lot of um, like classes and education about money. And so that way you can start to educate yourself about different things like credit card debt, savings, uh, you know, monthly income, how you manage, you know, your, your just expenses in that way. Uh, so I'd say, you know, start with that self-education and even just sharing with one other person, even just maybe sharing this podcast and saying, listen, I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about it. Like, how much do we talk about money or how much, do, you know, do you talk about money with your, your friends or your family? And so, yeah, you know, uh, start to have those conversations. I would add, it's it's probably a good idea to have some identity theft app as well. I don't think they cost that much, but you can be alerted if your info gets sold onto the dark web, and then you can make sure you change your passwords and know that you're keeping your stuff as safe as you can. Thank so you. My, that, that so, was my, nice. so my pass, password 1234 is not a good password, Daniel? Is that what you're saying? You did give that away earlier. Just <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that if people. listeners didn't hear it the first time, just log in, password, numerically, the 1234, the numbers, not the letters. You don't have to spell it. Yeah. <laughs> right. so, don't make your password password. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I want to say like any sort of organization in your life, finance is also one of them. So just be organized, know what you're doing with your money. Just uh, just like anything, this is also an important part of your life and you don't want to face any surprises. With that, I want to thank my colleagues and my friends, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. And we come back tomorrow to talk about another topic. Have a wonderful Saturday. تو روزی رازی
برای زندگی چون موجود نیست گرچه سرد و سخت زیبا موج این دریا گرفت سر سرنوشتت سر گذاشتم Sun. 